Hi, this is Better Red Than Dead, a literature podcast from a left perspective. I'm Megan. I'm Tristan. I'm Katie. And today we are going to be talking about Murder on the Orient Express, which is Agatha Christie's 1934 novel about a, a murder. The Orient Express. <laughs> you don't say. Very, uh, it's right out there for you. It's also about like intra-white racism and ethnic stereotypes about which it, which it spaghetti eaters. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. A lot of spaghetti-based racism. It's not. It's not. A, it's. It's not about that critically. <laughs> I knew. It is um, representing it. Uh, so, Katie, what? Uh, Why did you pick it? Why did I pick it? Okay. So, I'll tell you the real reason I picked it, but first I'll tell you some fake reasons I picked it. But before I tell you anything, what I'm going to tell you is that shouts out to one Megan Tussler, who you all know and love, for getting me the greatest gift that anyone has ever gotten me. It is a cameo from one of the Real Housewives of Orange County. And I feel that this belongs at the very beginning of this podcast. So, thank you. One of, I mean, it's always, like, getting the funniest person you know to laugh is the greatest treat. But also getting someone to cry laugh at a real housewife of Orange County is very real. I was just, my eyes were leaking. My heart was soaring. I was laughing harder than I've ever laughed. And as Megan pointed out, she, the, the housewife in question did manage to make the cameo entirely about herself, which was the best part about it. <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway, back to Murder on the Orient Express. So I wanted to read this for pr- some predictable reasons. I had read it. I love a good work of globetrotting genre fiction. So this is in my wheelhouse. I also wanted to read this because of a Doctor Who episode that is based on Agatha Christie's 10 or 11 day disappearance in 1926. She was going through some shit and we'll talk (laughs) about that. But in that episode, there are a bunch of people in monocles and flapper dresses in this country resort. They all love tea. And then somebody gets murdered. And then other people also get murdered. And (laughs) the long and short of it is that the killer You'll never guess who the killer was. It was not the <laughs> butler. It was in a giant bee from outer space. Well, yeah, an- that's who it should be. Always. That should be yeah. the expression instead of the butler did it, is the giant bee from space did it. Yes. The, sp- <laughs> the space bee did it. So I want to say that the identity of the killer in Murder on the Orient Express is just, if that's a 10, it's dialed back to a 9. <laughs> but that's yeah. it. This is also for you too. I understand that you have, you know, every every podcast you have to suffer through these quizzes, and I am not going to live better, know better, or do better. But I thought that maybe a train that went choo choo would help make it up to Tristan, and a big conk and mustache <laughs> might make Meg happy. And so, when you two are happy, happy podcast host, happy life. What can I say? I think we feel pretty good about this one. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a, it was a, it was a quick read. I'll, I'll say that for sure. It was. I really like that we've been doing like 250 page reads because I'm, I'm just like, but middle March, but I can't complain when all we've been reading is like quick moving yeah. fiction. Yeah, we've been on the Acela. 
yeah. we have. <laughs> Wuthering Heights was a, I, I don't know if it was a quick read, but it like, that book fucking moves. Oh, yeah, yeah that yeah. zips right along. Yeah. Anyway, so like I uh, haven't read any Agatha Christie since middle school. So I was like, let's, let's jump back in. It's been 25 years and let's do this. Also, because of the uh, pace of this, I fucking slaughtered my daily reading goals and <laughs> I didn't read anything on Saturday. I was already by Friday afternoon and we Round record on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, I could do Father's Day for real. <laughs> Not like I have to read a novel. And conquering that very much made me feel like a first year graduate student in the like try hard achievement way not in the like suicidal ideation and imposter syndrome way that was like why i read everything as a first year graduate student so everybody wouldn't figure out that i was like a charlatan and then at some point i was like whatever everybody sucks the same but different different ways but this book was delightfully dumb um i really enjoyed living inside an old belgian's head for 250 pages <laughs> uh and speaking of belgium i loved how much this book traffics in intra-white racism mm -hmm. the americans are racist against the british <laughs> um every other kind of european is racist against italians yeah. um the yeah. british don't even have a chance to be racist against the french which is their favorite thing to do um <laughs> since 1066 yes <laughs> exactly that's but you love that we also okay so once <laughs> i thought about this like i was thinking oh damn it there's like a russian princess in this and it's just too bad agatha christie doesn't kill her off and then i realized like oh but she's not really a russian princess because twist and the ending is the twist there's too many like, I yes. don't remember who everybody is revealed to be because the butler did it. Yeah. yeah. Every but well, four, th 12 butlers did it. Well, yes. I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, Katie, not to, not to do spoilers, but I mean, we're, you know, that's what Please. we do on the show. The murderer is everyone. And mm. also, the murder victim was a murdery murderer dude. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> so much murder happened and bonding, friends yeah. for life. Friends yeah. for life. Let's take over a train and do and treat it like a party bus <laughs> with, mur with murder. <laughs> that sounds less fun. Party train. Uh, I expect you to take over the party train and provide the tequila. <laughs> <laughs> and I did make my husband watch the 1974 movie with me. It's fine. Did one, it won like six Oscars and that helped me a lot to remember that that category of award has always been just unbelievably stupid because i was like yeah this movie's like got a really yeah. heavy cast and that's about it you're surprising but just because ingrid bergman's in it doesn't mean it's good christine watched the uh christine had seen the night i still haven't seen the 1974 one but she watched the 2017 kenneth bradda one with me <laughs> which is that's make some that would make some choices um not least of which is turning it into like an action movie, which is okay. All right, Kenneth. So weird. It's about it's a it's a book where people just sit 
on a fucking train fucking and train. look at each yes. other and talk yes. and find tiny pieces of paper and weird clothes. It's and the they Tom also Hanks. eat a lot of food. It's like my one of my favorite parts. It's the Tom Hanks movie, The Terminal, except rather than a goofy comedy thing, it's the fucking murder, you know? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, the death on the new Death on the Nile is also not good. I don't recommend it. And also, like Agatha Christie loves to start her books in like the mysterious East, which is cool. Good for you. Um, <laughs> but I learned that Agatha Christie. This is the only movie based on one of her books that she was quote satisfied by, but that she found Albert Finney's mustache quote underwhelming. <laughs> When I see a mustache, I want to be positively bowled over. I want to feel like I have just seen something sublime and I fall inward into my own consciousness. What is right. like that mustache? It's beautiful. It's more important that it be sublime. Well, fucking, <laughs> fucking Brad uh, definitely went overboard on the mustache. So he's making up for the 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 Albert Finney lackluster one. <laughs> oh, I mean, the Eustonov uh, one is pretty good. I. I mean, I'm so mad at Kenneth Branagh after Belfast that I'm just like, his name is Ash in my mouth. Yeah. Yeah. So, Tristan, why do you want to read it? Yeah. So Katie guessed right. I am here for the train, uh, which while not as awesome as as ships and airplanes, I, I, I do stand due to my love for various transportation devices. I had never read Christie, nor had I seen any of the film versions. Although, as I said, I just did watch the very odd 2017 Brown on one for this episode. Uh, so I was kind of amped to read the James Patterson of the first half of the 20th century, which I, is that mean? I It sounds mean, but, uh, you know, whatever. Um, and find out. Is he this, a lord? Not a lord, a knight? What's that? He can't, he's not, a, he can't be a knight. She's Because no, she was a dame. Yes, yes. Yeah, yes she was no, a dame. Was, yeah, and abroad. Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> and, and a skirt he, even. And I also, I mean, whatever very valid criticisms of Agatha Christie there are, and there are many. I also don't think she had like set up an assembly line production system for her fucking fiction. Uh, but, <laughs> I think she did write them, as I understand. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, exactly. So anyway, yeah, I, I wanted to know what this very famous cultural object uh, that I hadn't uh, read or really encountered was about. It is absolutely insane, which is great. I'm really interested in the detective novel generally, both because there's a ton of space there uh, for analysis of how reactionary politics coming out of imperialism and capitalism uh, dominate certain mass cultural forms. This is the case in perhaps somewhat different ways as well for true crime, um, as, as we discussed on, on the show uh, with a couple of books. Um, we've also talked about it, uh, Ari, the detective novel when we did Sherlock Holmes way back when. But just the faith and reason as being able to restore, quote unquote, order to an unruly reality of uh, various ethnic stereotypes. Uh, the, the idea that if you're a good enough reader of character, you'll be able to like miraculously divine the motives and psychology of people you encounter. In some ways, this is a very novel idea, except uh, in Murder on the Orient Express, and I would say many other detective novels, you really don't have characters so much as a bunch of very surfacey and fucked up types um, and, and and a ginormous mustache. So it's like almost a weird 18th century throwback in some ways. Um, and anyway, I'm glad in uh, Hercule Poirot uh, that, that I, I finally know who who the, uh, the the Pink Panthers and Inspector Clouseau was riffing on. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's still bananas to me that you didn't know that 
I just, I, I did, I literally did not know who Hercule Poirot was. I mean, I, I knew Agatha Christie. I knew this thing. I just did not know this character, which I come to find out he was in like a hundred million books, you know? So. Anyway. And there's the lady detective in the other ones. Yeah. The bumbling, the bumbling lady. Is she Belgian she too? <laughs> She's she Brit- what? She, she bumbles in a more British fashion. Oh, okay. Yeah. She's Miss, more British. Miss Marple. So today we're talking about imperialism, ethnicity, whatever, genre, um, <laughs> the detective method. Anything else? Uh, n- novel and character. Yeah, perfect. Okay. So that's what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> Katie, tell us what happens. Twist. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'll tell you what happens. And Spoiler then I'll alert. What really happened. When we open, we're getting onto the Taurus Express. It's a different train with Hercule Poirot. And the train is dependable and hardworking, but its toxic traits are that it can be a little bit jealous and stubborn. (laughs) It's a Taurus. So he's making his way to Istanbul to catch another train, the Orient Express. And you you see the name of the – you know the two things that are happening here are the murder (laughs) and the – the Orient Express. <laughs> and so Poirot gets this shitty seat on his on his train, but his Wagon Lee company executive buddy like won't hear of it. And so he gets this second class seat from a potential no-show, Mr. Harris. And <laughs> Poirot is like, oh yeah, I've read Charles Dickens. This is great. I am gonna start my ass warming that seat. We are never <laughs> We are Harris is never coming. He is someone's boyfriend from Canada who goes to a different school. We're not meeting this guy. It's can I say too um, that so I at least again so the 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 movie that I just went the the recent one. Christie gives you very, very fucking little to actually fill out any of these characters. And I, I know Poirot's in a lot of different novels, so maybe readers know more about him. But like the Dick and stuff. So like what Branagh's doing is he's like lying in his cabin reading a tale of two. So he's like, oh, Mr. Dick is so charming. <laughs> But like in the novel, like you, I like I literally had forgotten that Dickens is even mentioned because there's no characterological depth to anything these people do. You know, right? They have the occasional list of likes and dislikes. Like a, yeah. they have a Twitter bio, and that's yes, it. Yeah. Twitter. yes, yes, yeah. Exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. You you couldn't swipe left or right, but you could get a Twitter bio out of it. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> mean the uh, the British woman. Uh, I often like bookmarked in my in my book Twitter bios. So for hers is that she had poise and efficiency. <laughs> oh, there is she's efficient as hell. She is actually. You're yes. a lot about it. Uh. Um. Anyway, they're on the train. They're traveling, and it's it is way, 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 way past my bedtime. It's like one a.m. It's oh my god, I was thinking of this as I read. I was like, another group of late night kids. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wakes up till like the earliest anyone is up in this novel is eight. And I was like, hell yes. Yep, they're on they're on the late train. So <laughs> they're they're traveling in and you know, like I would be doing, trying to sleep. So Poirot, though, is not so lucky. He's he's be sort of being a fuss bucket at the beginning. He's like, I'm thirsty. I don't, his covers aren't covering enough. <laughs> and so he can't sleep. And he, so he doesn't get woken up by noise. He hears a noise when he's fussing. 
And it's not like, you know, the guy next to him is listening to Boys to Men, End of the Road on repeat because he had a breakup recently before he got on the train. This is like crime noise, kind of. So Poirot's mustache ventures out to take a little sneaky peek because after all, he is a retired Belgian cop and he sees the conductor knocking on this guy's door. This guy ratchet. Or is it? Or <laughs> is it? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Pay no attention to any tone or inflection. The conductor says, Do you you good? And then he hears back, Yeah, it's nothing. I just made a boo-boo. I made a mistake. He says it in French. But Poirot is now up. So thanks a lot. He needs the train to be a little louder and a glass of Wawa, so baby can't <laughs> sleep. But this giant mustachioed baby can hear and what he hears is an annoying woman ringing a bell a bunch so Poirot not to be outdone also starts ringing his bell for water then this lady who you'll find out why but she keeps reverse Megan McCaining and mentioning her daughter all the time <laughs> true yes yeah so her name is Mrs. Hubbard and she wins the drama contest because Poirot only wants water but she said there's someone in her train compartment ah She's played in the 74 movie by Lauren Bacall, who fucking eats it. Like, she's so good. She chews the scenery like a motherfucker, which is what you should do. Yeah. Yeah. No, and Megan, when we were, like, texting about this, uh, you pointed out rightly that the novel is, I mean, we just read a very horny novel. This this novel is, like, anti-horny, like, no one is horny at all. It's an ace novel. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. But like both, like the film versions. I mean, like they they fucking cast uh, Michelle Pfeiffer as the uh, American matron, and that lady is 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 uh, like a dumb version of Kathy Bates's character in the Titanic. Just very yes, like, like, and they're like, like, we shall have Catwoman play her. Yes, and this is, but this is, yeah, this is, and again, I mean, Kathy Bates, amazing, amazing. But like, yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer definitely sexies that character up. You know, Kathy Bates is only playing the the Debbie Reynolds character from the unsinkable Molly Brown. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 Right. She, yeah. There. There is. Uh, there, she. There is actually, in addition to the history, a um, a cinematic precursor to that. Right. Uh, well. The the both movie versions are like, get some hot people in here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, then they can have a spitting contest, uh, <laughs> yeah. as happens in that. It, a lot of disgusting things happened in movies yeah. of that era. So, any, back to the train, ah. So it is, unfortunately, it's too snowy for the train to go chug, 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 woo, woo, you know, all the things trains do. And so, foolishly, Poirot attempts to sleep again, but someone is bonking his door. And this man does not ignore any sensory inputs. So he looks out. He doesn't see anything much except, what? what's that at the end of the hall? A lady in a scarlet kimono? Hubba hubba. (laughs) This is, is, you know, misdirection, of course, because Megan was correct. But it's a little, this is almost too hot to handle. So it's it's time to ruin it with a murder. R.I.P. Ratchet, the guy next door, we hardly knew ye. Somebody knew him real well, though, because he's gotten stabbed 12 fucking times. <laughs> he um, is also Twitter bioed as suspect looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yes, that's yeah. right. Like, he, like, yeah, he. Uh, Everybody's I mean, like, he looks suspicious. 
yeah yes. may, may, maybe we'll uh may, maybe we'll get into this katie but uh but yeah before like before we get to the, the part of the plot where you're at like he tries to hire poirot to like um to be like a bodyguard he's like there's a bad there's a there's a bad dad let me let me let me get the right accent it's like look see there's a, there's a bad cats after me and he's like and he's like and he's like i do not like your face that's so i i will not take that's what money. he says yeah it is what he yes no i mean that's the thing that's why i said it's ways is like an 18th century throwback like he yeah. but also every other character are doing physiognomy on this yeah. ratchet guy they're like he there he, he has an untrustworthy maybe slightly swarthy looking face you know <laughs> yep he has but, a yep. suspicious brow ridge yeah, 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 right. Yes, yes. But, Sir, uh, may I feel your may I feel the lumps on your head to see yeah, what's yeah, what yeah, with yeah. you? Yeah, let's let's do some phrenology too. Um, sorry, like, and sorry, one one last thing. I I one thing I do think is really interesting is what you mentioned about the train is stuck in the snow in the Croatian mountains. So. One thing that I like legitimately does fascinate me about like transportation mechanisms, be they uh, the ship or like the airplane or, or things like that, is the kind of like state of suspension that they create at an airport. Yeah. Like, oh, it's socially acceptable to have a beer at eight a.m. because none of this is like real, and yeah. and the the train has that as well. Except it's like it's not even moving. Yeah, like kind of a state of suspension, both kind of temporally and spatially. Which I, I do think that that is an interesting idea that she's working with there. Oh, it yeah. is just like a long, tiny house. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. like a way of totally cutting them off, right? So it's like, couldn't be a pump. Somebody who jumped off the train's got to be, we got to keep it all contained in our tiny universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're kind of doing Snowpiercer hours a little yeah, bit, right? Yeah. Oh, no. Only not a like blatant not a, Marxist yeah. critique. <laughs> no, a overtly reactionary imperialist. <laughs> Something yeah. different. We need stuff. 20 kinds of white person yeah. in one box. Yeah. And they're slightly mad at each other. Yes. <laughs> or uh, some of them are pretty mad at one of yeah. the guys, the 12 yeah. stabs, you know. The worst, the worst guy. Lindbergh baby guy the napper yeah <laughs> well yes we'll, we'll get to that but anyway so yeah the stab 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 someone got stabbed he got stabbed 12 times and he was right there and so book uh poirot's friend wants him to solve the mystery he's like come on dude this is your this is your vibe this is where you are this is on your level this has your mustache written all over it you don't have to go anywhere you don't have to be annoyed by anyone extra there's people who are already annoying you they're all here let's do it so power was like cool it's time to get clues then <laughs> and i'm i'm already uh, i'm gonna get a little out of order but see if you can figure these clues out out of 12 stabs three are good wholesome stabs that could kill a man those other nine stabs I'm beginning to suspect a woman because have you seen them drive? They don't have the wrist strength to take the tight turns. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a mess. Hold on, and, and, I, can I just interject that that oh, book yeah. is like it was the Italian, it is the stabby crime. It is <laughs> that the only Italians they like the stabby stab, and because and, they and, have a quote Latin temperament. Yes, Latin yeah. temperament. And Poirot's like, well, they, they, yeah. they, 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 uh, the Italian, yes, they're very passionate, but I do not know. I think we can you know, <laughs> <laughs> jump to conclusions, you know? <laughs> Mister. I don't like your face. <laughs> <laughs> I would like four more cream-filled desserts, please. <laughs> God damn it. Um, yeah, okay. 
So so we have we so French that I can't deal with the fact that he's Belgian. <laughs> I know. I, I, I mean, I sorry. I, we can't answer this, it's but I desserts. am legitimately like, why is he Belgian? <laughs> like, that's a weird. Job. I mean, because I would. Yeah, I kept thinking this guy was like, yeah, for like even knowing yeah. he was Belgian, I kept reverting to like this is a French dude, and like, oh no, right, he is specifically Belgian, and that's okay. It's yeah. a choice, fine, you know. Because you just want to do the ha ha ha. That's that's all that matters, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Tristan. It's because representation. Of white people matters. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you have to get 12 <laughs> yeah. countries in Europe. Oh, so I guess this this novel is uh, enticing me into do the, the kind of like flattening into ethnic stereotypes that I, I want to ally the difference that he's Belgian by doing the ha 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 thing. Yeah, see? See? Yes, you realize this, this book's held a mirror up to you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. What were you saying? Well, he does speak French through the whole book, so it's like yeah. not that. Crazy. Okay, sorry. Yeah, also, that made me mad because like all of these people are French speakers, right? So all the conversations, unless it's, she says and they spoke in English, are supposed to be in French. But like she'll just sprinkle in these French phrases in the middle of like the. It's just like okay, what well, you know? This isn't anyway. They said yeah. it extra Frenchly. Yeah, like they said it with like a beret on and a cigarette and like a bicycling down the with a you know and, yeah committing well, adultery on a bicycle. Yes, yes. <laughs> while well, wearing a while well, wearing a, a mime uh, shirt, right? But, uh, <laughs> but no, I mean it's it's you not. Know, Russian like, brought him on board in uh, their uh, whatever those are called. The, the uh, yeah the 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 Russian uh, naval shirts. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> No, it's not even like the phrases that she'll leave quote unquote untranslated are like interesting idiomatic French things that you no. couldn't really express in English. It's like, no, she no. was like, mon ami, mon cher. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. She, she's uh, the beginning of Duolingo. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a nice little <laughs> Duolingo lesson, yeah. I like that Book is constantly referring to Poirot as mon vieux because it's yes. like, yes, why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just say old fellow or old man or whatever works for you. Like, yeah, that's well. And again, if it's like if if what was happening was they were communicating in English, but they would like you know fall back into French. Okay, I get it, but that's not that's not it. It's a French conversation that she just mm -hmm. sprinkles these like so. Like, I want to remind you that they're actually speaking French right now. <laughs> he said this more Frenchly than I can convey in English. <laughs> uh... So the stabbing guy, we have a stabbing that we got distracted by Frenchness, <laughs> but we must return to. So the other thing about the stabs, some of the stabs were right-handed stabs and some were left-handed stabs, but we need a centrist stab. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so the criminal is possibly an ambidextrous woman who is tossing the knife from her left to right hands and got like a couple good shots in. I'm the best detective in the world. Mm -hmm. I solved it. And I actually didn't read the rest of it. So you two were going to have to help. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. There's like so many different people. But anyway, there are many more clues. Don't worry. If you wanted clues, we've got clues. Uh, Poirot finds plenty of other crap. So he finds an embroidered hanky. You always find one of those. A pipe cleaner, which I was using for my bowl, and I don't appreciate him taking. And he <laughs> and a button. And side note, uh, we can cut this. But one of the funniest things I've ever received via email was an email from from a work mailing list about somebody who lost lost a round black button. 
And I too have read Dickens, so I knew no one was coming for that button. So so I went to the front office and said, that button is definitely mine. Mine was round and black. Is that what this button's like? Because that was mine. So I still have the button. I don't know exactly where it is in my house, but someday I will find the right email list to get in touch with and get that thing, you know, back to its rightful owner or back to me. I feel anyway. like it's one of my greatest, like, adulthood salvations that I do, in fact, have a box of all the buttons, that, extra buttons that have come with my garments just in case you're like look i didn't i was careful with all my blouses i didn't need any of these and then when i make my own clothes i actually sew a button into the seam on the inside oh that's a better idea right (laughs) yeah i am good at like three things and one of them is clothing that is good somebody should do that shark tank hello shark tank can you hear me (laughs) Do you have a needle and thread? We have a solution for your problem. (laughs) Or we can set you up for a TED Talk. Let's let we can deal with this uh, at any time. Back to the hanky. I mentioned the hanky. It is embroidered with an H. And obviously, I knew from the beginning that the H just stood for hanky geniuses (laughs) because I am Vincent D'Onofrio in criminal intent and no crime gets by me. So just remember and not that. Vincent D'Onofrio in every other movie. <laughs> no, very, very different. So at this point, things are very mysterious. No, none of the clues really point to anyone. There are so many clues. Did the killer just go to a five below and then just throw random crap around? Was he giving the things he got in various Etsy packages as little free bonuses all around to throw off famous detectives off the scent? I maybe that seems like it's possible. <laughs> we know what a red herring is because we've read Sherlock Holmes, yeah. and we love fish. Okay, so here we go. Who can be sure? I ask you. Well, I'll tell you who can be sure. A person who finds a mysteriously burned letter. Burrow <laughs> finds this very thing. <laughs> it's not fully burned, and through this, he finds out that Ratchet is actually an evil Italian on the run from the law, whose name is Gabagool Fettuccini. Just kidding. <laughs> His name is Lanfranco Cassetti. I feel like this novel generally was it was it was trying to rein itself in on the names that like match the ethnic stereotypes and doing <laughs> a fairly bad job. Like I mean, for instance, just with the English, right? Like there's Doctor Arbuthnot, which it's like, oh my god, we are in the fucking 18th <laughs> century, you know? Or Colonel Arbuthnot, right? Like, yeah, Miss 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 Debenham, which is like, you know, Miss Englishington, yes. But yeah, once you got a ham, you got you know yeah. where you are. Back to the tour of Italy. So this guy, Cassetti, kidnapped a three-year-old heiress, which is a gross and weird concept, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the girl was Daisy Armstrong, and the Armstrongs gave Cassetti $200,000, buttload of today money. But him and his kidnapping gang still kill the girl anyway. And so by extension, he essentially kills the entire family. Uh, The mom dies and has a baby who has died. And the dad, he did shoot himself. And then the sad, the real, very sad one is the baby's nanny who was accused of being involved jumps out a window and then everyone's like, oh, she didn't do it. So anyway, Cassetti does get caught, but he gets off 
on a technicality, which I <laughs> yeah, okay. Like, what was the te- what was the technical what technicality like? I was like, like, yeah, in in the night in nineteen twenties America, it's like, yeah, you know how the courts are biased in favor of those Italians, right? Like, just like, yeah, I mean, that, yeah. That's the other. I mean, that is like such a classic reactionary detective novel genre. It's like, yeah, we we knew the killer, but the damn law meddling with these 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 uh these uh bleeding heart lawyers, and the, you know, like all right, okay. <laughs> you know. It's just punishment for Sacco and Vanzetti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh. So anyway, yeah, he, Cassetti gets the hell out of the country and the end. So shit is becoming very confusing at this point. And Poirot is like, clearly I'm up against a genius of crime. A genius of crime. (laughs) And he's more convinced of this when the scarlet kimono that he saw shows up in his bags. And I'm pausing for you all to gasp. So So now Poirot gets to be the drama queen that we all know and love. This is the part that you have all been waiting for. That's why the mustache has been here all along. Yes. What's under that mustache? We're about to find out. He is going to get everyone into one room to solve the mystery. (laughs) And... This time, he kind of double dips and solves it funny. He is like, all right, so maybe what happened is some rando gangster had it out for Ratchet, got on the train at the last stop, got down, stab, 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 and escaped. And they also realize it's hilariously like they're sending Google Calendar invites that they got the time of death wrong because of <laughs> because of time zones. <laughs> so, and, and the other noises, Poirot says, well, trains, uh, they can be noisy, noisy trains. Dr. Constantine, the Greek dude who is in the junior detective club with Book and assisting Poirot, says, this is BS, dude. You're not being real. You sound like a hater who's never solved a mystery. <laughs> and you're getting divorced. And I own a Jesus-themed jewelry, specialty water, novelty alcohol, skincare, sexy toaster oven company. You're just jealous. I, you're a hater. You're jealous. Yeah. And – and I had housewives on in the background, and some of the elements may have sort of blended together, like you blend your contour and highlights before you do your testimonial video. <laughs> well, you got your own personal housewife video, so. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. It was, it was top of mind. So, JK, but then Poirot gets to say his real theory. It's the I am Spartacus theory, but everyone is Spartacus. Yeah. Everyone actually yeah. did it. Yeah. This this like part everyone, talk. like literally everyone did it. Like I'm surprised like Poirot wasn't like and then I I, I also give him a little stab, you know, just like <laughs> just, look, look, a little I, bit. I see the body or the stab, I mean, just look fun, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he was feeling Italian, so <laughs> <laughs> it is so so funny. We all feel so Italian the- some days. <laughs> yeah, I do love a good red know. gravy. <laughs> I mean, look, I love a good cannoli, but <laughs> it doesn't give me a Latin temperament. <laughs> no, heaven, heavens, no. Yeah. So, so all of these twelve suspects, right? He's got them. He's got them all in this dining car, and he, so he says, <laughs> "This is just hilarious." The way he figures it out is that there's no way, except for, by all of them, sort of like being. American, the rich dad port, or not all of them being American, but the, the U.S. is what has connected them so that rich dad, poor dad can join forces to stab a guy. <laughs> and this is what yes. makes it happen. And so basically all of these people are connected to the Armstrongs. Gasp. 
They mm-hmm. all have very secret identities. The a- There's an actress lady who's like, I was doing what I do best. Being a Russian princess. <laughs> <sighs> but anyway, so, yeah. So they, they said the law can't stop Cassetti, so we will stop him by doing the most elaborate and insanely planned crime in the entire world. So yeah. they all did it. And here is the here's my favorite part, maybe, of this. Harris was a fake-ass name. These dingbats are the stupidest criminal geniuses on the planet. They wanted to invent a guy to get mad at, but not online in real life. So suspicion <laughs> would be drawn to the generically named vanishing passenger. But Poirot yeah. figures it out instantly. He's like, I've read a book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so everybody's freaking out and crying. They're not really crying. <laughs> I added that part. <laughs> Some of them are crying a little. But Mrs. Hubbard's like, yeah, we we all did it. We did it. It's what we did. There's no use denying it. We did it. And it feels great to own up to your wrongs. It feels really great to admit that you have <laughs> all 12 of you killed a guy. Yeah. So this is also hysterical. The, so Book, Poirot, and Dr. Constantine all say this was – this guy was bad. You're good. So we're all going to fudge the evidence you know, that never happens because I Italians yeah, are walking totally. free. We're going <laughs> to blame it on the fake guy. The I don't end. know what you mean. Cops always get the right guy and it is lovely and works out. So, yeah. I, like, <laughs> it is such a weird ending because you do see the return of that reactionary that, oh, you know, like the, the way the courts are set up, like the, the kind of like vigilante justice, like impulse of the detective novel, like the way the courts are set up, the guilty go free and we're going to enforce that. But the thing is like the detective here, Poirot actually does the, like, I want to get at the truth of what the fuck happened, which that's the other conceit of the detective novel, right? Again, that there's a lot, and there's a lot of criticism and scholarship on this, like the detective novel as a genre of empire, a genre of capital, like making quote unquote rational sense of this unruly world. But the thing is like Poirot, I mean, he figures it out, this insane fucking thing, this stupid ass plot out. And then everyone's just like, but we don't really like that. And he's like, okay, what the fuck ever? I was just having fun. So, I mean, this is all yeah. I do buy. I, yeah, like, I retire from the case and that's the end of it. He- and and so like that kind of, that ending sort of undercuts that premise of the detective novel about this restorative function of truth or something like it, it actually does just become this little hobby thing for mustache guy, you know? I really think the satisfaction is just, it's like trying to say something about how Pro is some kind of a pure detective and that it doesn't matter. None of the institutional stuff makes any difference. Right. That's all. That's for the doctor to fudge some paperwork and blah, blah, blah. And I guess I guess he'll put a stamp on something. But he doesn't care about any of that. All he cares about is being <laughs> the center of attention in the dining yeah. car. Yeah. 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 But yeah. Isn't it, isn't it possible that there's like a dumber conservative reason, which is like, if this guy killed a three-year-old, then he deserves it. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, oh, it, yeah. that, that is where totally. it, that, that, that is where it winds back up. But I mean, I guess my, my point is that there, like there's, there are two, there are two like reactionary 
ideas that are in some kind of tension. One is just that it's that like, you know, it, it's the kind of like vigilante sort of style of justice and the idea that like the law and the idea that like the accused have rights and something like is some kind of like affront to, to that. Yeah. I mean, so that's one. But the other pretty reactionary idea is that the reason of the like the enlightened sort of figure of empire who here is the detective that like what will get to the bottom of it. But those two projects diverge in this novel. You don't need any of the Poirot shit to happen for like the vigilante thing to like come to to its conclusion and everyone to just be fine with it you know that that's what i find it it's it, there's two, there are two like reactionary lines happening and at the end we just sort of set aside the one that the whole fucking novel has been about so why did we spend 300 pages trying to figure this shit out you know it, it for really the satisfaction it's, of facts or yeah, whatever right, right? like yeah. being the center of attention in a dining car yeah it is like the truth is the most important thing unless the truth turns out to be something I don't like, then I can use the systems of 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 the systems of law that I th- that I already told you are didn't work anyway. Well, so it's yeah, like you get yeah. to have all your fun and dismiss the entire stru- like the structure of of the quote the, of the criminal legal system Who's or whatever. Send old ladies to prison. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. 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 No. I mean, like, so I feel like what's happening there is like a smart novel could actually do a pretty interesting critique with that. Whereas yeah. here there are the ingredients of sort of like an interesting critique or like position about like justice and the law that I think at ultimate, it's not smart enough to follow the smart idea that is, is uh, kind of coming together there, you know? No. And it's, it's funny because the ending is basically sentimental. Yes. It's the reason yes. that he lets yeah. them go is that it really is just you know, pathos and sentiment, but the whole thing has been about facts, truth, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And right. it just kind of swoops in. Well, it's also like it's yeah. it, it, it never allows you to do that thing that sometimes we're tempted to do where we like continue the story in our minds. Yeah, no, it it certainly gives you total and complete closure. But uh, this is kind of a point to the side, but in the 70s movie, I found the ending to be entirely bizarre. So what happens is it's just Poirot walking away, but the w- they play this music as if it's about to be like verbal Kint revealing he's Kaiser Soze. We might have to just spoiler alert for what I just said. Um, <laughs> Again, if it's 20 years old, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So it makes you think there's something's going to happen. Like there's going to be some kind of a, and there just isn't. Yeah. Also like that, the movie does extremely weird stuff with sound and music in general. Like it cues you to some characters way before it should. Yeah. Just diegetically speaking, like Ratchet's secretary should not be cued as potentially villainous as soon as he shows up. Right. Yeah. He's supposed to, when is the movie scoring happening? It's not to match anything no. within. And it's like, you know, it doesn't count if you cast Anthony Perkins anyway. You know, we're all like, <laughs> the uh, the 2017 movie has Poirot holding a gun on all of them because Doctor Arbuthnot, who's this a conflation of Constantine and Colonel Arbuthnot, has just tried to kill him, and he's like, "Oh, you assholes! I have figured it out. I put my gun at you when I I explained the case." <laughs> Like, all right, all right. Age him way back in the new one? No, he's he act, he looks like he's in his sixty. Like he's actually like fairly, I think, age appropriate to the oh. character. 
not in the 74. He's Sean motherfucking Connery. <laughs> you can't cover that accent. We've been over this before. Don't put Scottish people in movies. This is, <laughs> a, this is important. Uh, no, but I, I would say that I uh, Branagh has a tendency to uh, make himself younger than he is. He, he did not <laughs> in this one. But uh, I, before we get to the context, can I point out one other like kind of weird thing to me about the way like Poirot solves crimes and like what that actually signifies? Just one? Just one. I, you know, as long as you have dessert and sherry and a nice bed with some Ambien for me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, again, the, the idea of the detective novel taking an unruly world and like, you know, doing imperial quote unquote rationality with it. That it, again, I are Yeah, obviously I'm the, an 18th centuryist here, but empiricism is so central to that. And I mean, not, not necessarily even in the kind of strict philosophical, like empiricism, like knowledge in the senses, but like just the, the collection of facts, being able to sort that. But there's this weird Cartesian rationalist thing happening with Paul Roche. He, so there's this one where he, do, he like does this fingerprint dusting and and he's like, it didn't, didn't turn up anything. But then he's also like, but I, I also don't care about that. And here's what he says. See you, my dear doctor, me. I am not one to rely upon the expert procedure. It is the psychology I seek, not the fingerprint or the uh, cigarette ash. But in this case, I would welcome a little scientific assistance. This compartment is full of clues. But can I be sure that those clues are really what they what they seem to be? He, but he sets out, like, they don't, they, they, there's not that much physical evidence that they uh, do obtain it's largely like the results of interviews with all the people and then uh, the whole third section i think she calls something like poirot sits back and thinks yep. so like he's not and he doesn't have the evidence in front of him he's just sitting there he's like lying back smoking a cigarette just thinking like and, and it is almost like descartes solitary uh, sort of like rational thinker in front of the fire who's like to get to like that pure state of knowledge has like pushed everything out uh, you know and, and is just sitting there like being pure mind um, he lives in his mind palace that he also is yes and so that's how and, and that that is you know I mean historically that is actually quite opposed to um, the, the more kind of engaged with the world empiricism but I would also say his claim that I'm interested in psychology that is just which is a very novel thing to say that's so hard to sustain when none no one is a character they're all these just these ethnic scenario stereotype uh, like types you know so anyway yeah he's like he's not a detective he's a fucking doctoral student in english he's just doing like yeah. interpretation yeah yeah, yeah. Just right close read everybody and he's find close the reading everybody and then he's sitting in a chair and being like what the fuck am i gonna do <laughs> sitting in yeah. a chair smoking being like no if i think about uh I think about Dickens properly and put it in conversation with uh, with Engels, and I can yeah. come come to a con a reasoned yeah. conclusion. Yeah. What can I say that's interesting? What can I say that's interesting? <laughs> what can I say that's interesting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that exactly, exactly. He's an um, interpreter. Yeah, but I mean, again, I just I I, I just feel like. <sighs> I feel like there are a lot of like competing versions of what the detective novel is or or should be or could be that are all kind of together, which again, I don't, you know, I don't know if like that ultimately is doing something that's kind of smart and interesting or if it's just a mess, <laughs> that, that, you know, like all these kind of competing um, inclinations or ideas that ultimately don't resolve into 
Uh, I mean, incoherent isn't bad, but it's like uh, I want the incoherence motivated by something interesting, you know? Oh, no, we love incoherence, but it only yeah. works when it's character driven because yeah. then you're like, yeah. oh, yeah. you know, the, the world of a novel that is only plot. You made a promise to me about yeah. what the closure of a plot is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Whereas, like, if it's a very character y novel, then it doesn't operate quite the same in that like we the satisfaction that we demand of it is not the same kind of resolution yeah 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 yeah. in in this case what's funny about saying that it's about psychology is that you have to first so you're first presented with a fake with a so you have to first he's got to solve He's got to solve two mysteries. One is who are you actually? Mm-hmm. So you can figure out who everybody's connected to. But then, and I haven't thought all this out fully, so this might be incoherent, but Meg said we love that. So he, if he just looked at the clues that he found, actually the only reasonable conclusion is that like seven guys did it. Yeah, right. Because yeah, because for one thing, it's just the the their uh the person's not stabbed by so, like it's not it's definitely not the same arm that's doing all the stabbing exactly exactly and then but he also has to make up a fake of to show that that's the explanation because it's so ridiculous he has to make up a a way that it could could be not them yeah oh yeah. right yeah he has yeah. to have the two solutions well and that that's a nod back to Sherlock Holmes, right? I mean, it's, it's that that whole like in, in, eliminate all the, the, the impossibilities, and then what you're left with, no matter how improbable, is 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 the correct answer. And that's that that's what he was doing. Yeah, that was something else. I just I, I was wondering about the kind of like legacy of Arthur Conan Doyle in this um because i i mean there's there's a way in which everything post like 1900 written in english that does detective shit is in some way like gesturing back to sherlock holmes um but i wish we were reading sherlock holmes so much yeah i i wished it so very very (laughs) much i mean and i think poe is as important right like he's the other figure who i think is like holding up the genre yeah and and, i mean conan doyle was definitely i mean very influenced by poe yeah and like Conan Doyle is very conservative, obviously, but at least Sherlock Holmes is like, damn, these cops are dumb. Yeah. And, and Holmes is Holmes is uh, like eccentricities are also to be more interesting. Like the fact that he's a coke addict is really funny. That's <laughs> I, mean, I do like it. Yeah. Yeah. And and his relationship with Watson is, I mean, even even in a single novel yeah. is much more interesting than yes. Poirot's interactions yeah. with. No, well, I mean, yeah, Anybody. I mean, you can yeah, do yeah. very like compelling queer ratings of that relationship, which all ultimately, like, yes, I mean, even even with with just that fact, makes it um, there's a depth there, you know. Mm-hmm. You you literally don't even have to do any reading of it for it to be for it to to be more substantial, which is yeah. a bizarro thing to say. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you're right to say it. So Agatha Christie was also a has the I'm gonna f- fuck this up the longest running play at a single theater which was the Mousetrap that then <laughs> moved to another theater that just moved to another theater and only wound up closing because of COVID so this Jesus thing was going Christ. on like yeah. yeah so so no shit the thing the thing went on and on and I remember my first contact with Agatha Christie was the play the Mousetrap okay. and that play is from what I recall, good. These could be decent plays. 
Oh, yeah. good point. Yeah, yeah, I bet it's plays. It would actually work well, except as a movie, I still get confused. Although it's helpful when you have a face to match yeah. a character to and not just an ethnicity. It's not even an ethnicity, yeah. a nationality. Yeah. No, yep. I, yeah. And, and I and I think one reason that, yeah, that what you're observing with the films and why they would, it's, would work better as plays is that act like any, any like even slightly competent actor would be providing character to these like surfaces that the novel just flat out does not. Yes. And it gives you something actually sort of interesting from a, one of the things that I sort of got you know, bowled over by when I watched the 74 is like how rare it is in contemporary movies to see 12 people packed into a little space. Like we don't, we want big rooms right now, right? Like we want a different kind of set dressing. And so 12 people just like jammed in one room and all this like ambient noise. And it was just sort of like, Jesus, I feel like I haven't seen that in forever. And it works better as a movie than it is a book because I'm like, I know who Ingrid Bergman is. You know, it's like yeah, I can yeah, keep yeah. track of that character yeah. Yeah. without any confusion whatsoever. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, no, exactly. This was just I had a hard time keeping hold of any of, of essentially the plot and really even any of the characters. And I know I have I know I've done my wrongs to certain characters. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Louisa. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah the difference between an omission and this like why could this not be half as many characters why couldn't it be six yeah. people yeah yeah yeah, it, yeah. It, it's insane that it's 12 it, it's in it, that is ridiculous yeah it's too hard to keep track of in something that's supposed to be a beach read yes and it's it it's like okay, is it that many characters probably to fill like a little bit to fill space or something? That that whole well, interview section is something, yeah, like this. But it, well, it's it's the number the twelve of the jury, right? I think they actually say that the, in the novel, but 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 also, um, and, and then, I don't yeah, need that the, conceit to be fulfilled though as a reader. <laughs> no, 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 for sure. But but um, and actually, like in the the twenty seventeen version of that that insane scene would Poirot's like waving the gut at him um actually my, my wife pointed out that they set up like a, a last supper tableau which they did which it's like okay yes and yes that's what they did but it's like that's fucking weird like i mean that's another like residence of the 12 that it's like okay we're just we're just like throw like agatha christie just throwing symbols around here you know uh- the woman loves a a pointless symbol, yeah, like a yeah. like a dr- dragon on a scarlet kimono. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he asked all ask all the women what their bathrobes look like. Yeah. Oh yeah. What do you what are your gym jams? What do you got for gym jams? Yeah. What are your jammies like? Will you go to bed tonight? What are you going to be wearing? <laughs> wink, wink, but in a pajamas way. <laughs> but in a in a covered and stuff way. Yes. Um, tell us context. I want to know. I want to know about this broad. I gotta. I gotta know. <laughs> Give me a little on this. So Agatha Christie is this. I didn't know this. Embarrassingly or not embarrassingly, I have no shame. That's not true. I only have shame. She remains the best-selling fiction author of all time. That's so yeah. bananas. We well, don't count the Bible because that's it's not fiction. True. true. Katie. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. We're not new atheists bad. on the show. We're disgruntled atheists. 
Yeah, we're 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 old. We're old, Andy. <laughs> we're, yes. we're we're Marxists. Yeah. <laughs> I just <laughs> um and Shakespeare too. That's the Bible for place. <laughs> and she's also been translated more times than any other author. I would have to love to know how they did this. And you know, like, in and, hey, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> so yeah, I think. Oh yeah. So as I as I mentioned. The mousetrap went nonstop basically from 1952 to 2020, essentially. It did move theaters, but still, it is 100% just bonkers. Poirot, who I will, I know we've said this a million times and remarked upon our surprise about it, but I'll say again, he is Belgian. Mm -hmm. He is not French. When you look at his mustache and listen to him talk, you're going to say he's French, but don't be fooled. That's how the Belgians get you. Look. (laughs) Belgians like dessert too, okay? He is a, so, he is a, he is a Walloon, right? <laughs> he is not Flemish Belgian. He's the, uh, I, I don't, I, I'm sorry. I, I, would, yeah. I would love to provide an ethnic stereotype here, but I just. Franco Belgians? Yes, I don't, I don't speak, uh, I, I don't speak uh, weird intra white European resentment enough to do that. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's tough to keep track of that. Uh, it really is. Uh, I like um, when they bring a bring a Swede in, and you have to like re you have to like give your head a hard shake to be like, oh, I guess we're not in Western Europe anymore. So just blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's cold, and someone's about to get murdered weirdly and talking in a an very Ikea. silly way, and then make- who brought the meatballs? <laughs> <laughs> the other kind. There were so many meatballs on that train. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that that was all of really meatballs a lot of snacks the dessert express with the staying up late is just like is that my personal train <laughs> that's megan's train that's fallen into the station yeah. Make me a tree boy train. who stays up all night yeah sounds sounds delightful to be frank with you but this Belgian, this Belgian dude was in her first novel, The Mysterious Affair at Styles, which was from 1920, and I did attempt it, and I did not complete it. So, <laughs> and I made it through the dunes where where we get the worm, get the guy turns into a worm. I did all that. At any rate, she went on eventually to write more than it was like 75 other novels, and most of them were mystery novels. She did an autobiography and a sort of. A romantic novel, but not imagine a sexy novel, but take all the sex out of it. She did that. Yeah, no, the thing about her that's really hard to overstate, among other things, is her popularity. So it's sort of surprising even having some familiarity with her. So there's also another story that I mentioned a little bit at the top, which is about the time she disappeared, which I'm just going to tell because if you don't know it, it's what? So it's 1926. Agatha Christie's mom has died and her husband left her. He was cheating. So she just fully disappears for 10 days. Everyone's looking for her. The newspapers are going nuts. And she is finally found in a hotel staying under the name of her husband's girlfriend, (laughs) which is like, which is the most off the wall thing. Yeah. It's almost in her own novel where it's like, well, if you kill somebody, but you're listed as your husband's girlfriend, then they'll think it was the girlfriend yeah. and then yeah. you'll have your yeah, revenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> That's true. You should write Agatha Christie novels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Would I be a millionaire, though? Yeah. Yeah. 
No, totally. I mean, hey, look, Chris Matthews did write a book in like 2006 about how you should live your life like a political campaign. And this sounds way cooler than that. Well, so that's you know. true. <laughs> that he did who what now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, oh, yes, yeah. That my life might be a Jimmy Carter campaign. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to Dukakis my way on to the next <laughs> the next yeah. thing. So anyway, she disappeared and never provided any explanation, said that she just had am- amnesia basically, and that was that. So holy – like people must still do this, like yeah. just drop off the face of the earth. There was a lady who recently – I don't know if you – this is an aside, but that woman who pretended she had been kidnapped and left her – like left her headphones tied up neatly in the grass and said that she – had been kidnapped by by two women and what she what really happened was she went to her ex-boyfriend's house and had him like hold a hockey stick so she could run into it so she'd be <laughs> she'd like pure no like not kidding at all this oh. yeah so but you it, could do that so in a fun way like evidence so so it looked like she had been smacked yeah like she re- full full ass like mauled herself so she this could. Is, this is a Jim Carrey and liar liar when he's he's uh, <laughs> slamming his own head into uh, the toilet seat because he wants to get out of a period of court. Yeah, I love that movie. By the way, <laughs> it's 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 fun. It's it's a funny movie. It is. <laughs> it is. It is pretty good. Uh, Jennifer Tilly's good in it. Yeah, she's good in everything. Um, she is. She is. You may not believe but... what you see, but you'll believe what you feel. <laughs> Are you a baby that's going to murder me? I'm a sexy baby that's going to murder you. <laughs> Thank you. My apologies. Um, Damn, I did not know I would ever have a chance to do my Jennifer Tilly on this podcast. <laughs> hey, I'm delighted that you did. So I can't segue. I, I have no segue for this, and I hate to admit that, but... She got married, Agatha Christie got married to Sir Max Malawan in 1930. He was an archaeologist who is most famous for stealing a lot of stuff from Iraq and Syria. I'm sorry, did He's... British people do that in the 1930s? That sounds wrong oh. to me. Yeah, that doesn't sound at all like the British huh. Empire. Huh. Did yeah. maybe stuff. maybe he had permission or Yeah, yeah, yeah they pro- asked. Pro- they did a land yeah. acknowledgement. <laughs> they did a land Yeah. The British Museum's yeah. gonna start doing land acknowledgements. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks to the people of Syria for giving us this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We would like to acknowledge that our entire collection comes from the ancestral lands of basically the entire globe. <laughs> yeah, from everybody else. Yeah. Just, what the fuck? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So after after they did they did land acknowledgments everywhere they went, stealing things, and she went with him on the trips. That's the thing. And so you can see in this they influenced her work. Now, in what way? No. I I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Some of them begin in Syria or Egypt. That's about it. (laughs) Before you get on a choo-choo or a toot-toot. But yeah, she trotted the globe. There is also this article in Jacobin called The Crime of the Century by Eileen Jones. And I was looking at it because 
it was about some of the film adaptations. But it also gets into the enduring mass appeal of Agatha Christie's work. So if you've read about Agatha Christie in any sustained way or read her books, you know she's amazing at coming up with novel plot devices, Mm -hmm. which, as Jones points out, are so good that they feel super obvious in retrospect, but Christie was the first to use them. So the everybody did it thing is an example that gets given. I don't think, but there's another example that's more helpful, which is, or to me at least, uh, the book that made her super, super popular came out in 1926. It was The Murder of Roger Ackroyd. And the famous thing about this is the narrator is this unassuming sidekick guy just there to lend Poirot a hand, but he is actually the killer. It's he, actually kind of it. good. I mean, because that you're unprepared good. for it at that as a reader, it's like I hadn't read Lolita yet or something. You know, it's like mm-hmm. you're not prepared for the first particular, like not just an unreliable narrator, but a murder narrator, you know. Yes. One who's, who's like not writing the book to tell you stuff, but writing it to lie to you. Like what? Right. And Megan, I think you said this. Or referenced it. It's based on the Lindbergh baby yeah, kidnapping. I, I had I like when I as soon as I got to that, like, oh, the Daisy Armstrong case, I was like, this is the Lindbergh baby is what's happening yeah. here. Yeah. yeah. It it's just fully hundred percent the Lindbergh baby. Yeah. The pi- the pilot, Charles Lindbergh's baby was famously kidnapped. Pilot who was and- a Nazi. Yes, Not the baby he, Charles Lindbergh was a fucking Nazi baby, <laughs> and it was Not a boy baby. baby and not a girl baby. But that's yeah. like she yeah. really changes very I, little. So, so as as you okay, and when when he was a Nazi. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like uh, as you guys can imagine, I've been to the Air and Space Museum in Washington many, many times, and they what? have the uh, How? they have why they have. They have the, the the nose cone of the spirit of St. Louis, and there's a swastika on the inside, which they're like, oh, no, this is the ancient Buddhist symbol. And I'm like, no, it isn't. I'm like, I, okay, I mean, you know, maybe I could go with you, except we're talking about Charles, Charles fucking, fucking Lindbergh. Lindbergh. Yes. Like, it's a hot yeah. site. It's not. <laughs> yeah. No. The, yeah, yeah. He, he was a... A, a Nazi in a literal way. He yes. was yes, an yeah. actual for real. The man was a fucking Nazi. Yeah, he was yeah. buddies with fucking F- Ford, who was like, yeah. "Let me put out this pamphlet that's like the Jews, the Jews, yeah. though, you yeah. guys." Yeah, that um, well, no, not weirdly at all. Actually, expectedly, it was pinned on this poor guy who was an immigrant and I think a carpenter. Mm. And he it like probably didn't do it. Seems like yeah. quite doubtful that he did. But what Jones writes is Christie opts for an immigrant whose quote evil is not in doubt, a sadistic Italian mobster monster. In her novel, those who murder him end up as sympathetic figures whom Poirot allows to go on their way, uncharged with any crime. Among them are rich family members, their eternally faithful servants, and white Russian royalty in exile. What yeah. you, I mean, you know. <laughs> so, so that that's a that, that's a kind of, of uh, a really great place, I think, uh, to 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 land with the context because I do. I mean, before we wrap up, I do want to maybe try to figure out what ethnic stereotypes are doing in this beyond just um being racist i mean and i think that that is you know that's a huge that's a big part of it part of it um 
and we but, don't really mean racist. We want to be clear. Yes, in quotes. yes, not, yes. Yeah. And let me, let me, yeah, let, let's back up and just say big, big like xenophobic and bigoted of right. some kind. It's like not. No, it's not. It's not. Although, I mean, I do. I mean, I, you know, I, I definitely do think that one thing is getting that's getting worked out here is explicitly racist in the production and uh, maintenance of like what whiteness means, you know, which is so it's like I yeah. totally agree with well, that. Yeah, and but, that but there's like right. a board that, the, it, that Italians are are like new new whites. Yes. Yeah. So it's not it's, Although it's by not the 30s, like pretty established, but still like newer as well, white. Yes. And, yeah. and the Greek, yeah, uh, totally. And the Greek doctor too seems to be, it's fine that he's Greek because he's a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. good point. Yeah. 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 It's not a shipman or whatever. The right. stereotype, I'm making him <clears throat> up right now. I'm like, an olive right. farmer. I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, exactly. So, so the racism is that like what all of these are coming together to do is like figure out the boundaries of whiteness, not that like American, like white Americans can be quote unquote racist to like white British people. Right. But, uh, but, uh, but okay. Right, but so, they can't I mean, have any, you can't have any Jews or else it would be exposed that it was like, oh, now that's an actual yeah. border white case. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, right, 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 right. Yeah. But, but so, I mean, I, I like, I was saying two things there. One, like, it's much like uh, Sherlock Holmes will do that like Poirot like wants to like, okay, well, like, yes, we do know that those Latins are very passionate and I'm not going to deny that the Italians are quite stabby. However, <laughs> let's not lead to conclusions like that. That's a, that's an interesting. Too brute. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's an interesting thing to keep in mind, but it, it might not be dispositive entirely. So, so like it, it, it sort of a little bit wants to pull back from that, but it, it ultimately doesn't. But, but the other thing I really want, and it's, you know, just embedded in the title murder on the Orient express and that i did think was present although i don't i'm just gonna like throw out some some facts that i was thinking about um okay so like colonel arbuthnot he's from british india okay so that's one version of empire i was saying to you guys the the whole near east has been completely upended at this point in history. Uh, so the, after World War One, the breakup of the Ottoman Empire. Uh, so Syria was like the French mandate of Syria. Uh, the British had a mandate in Palestine and, and what is now Iraq. And that is like new 20th century liberal empire in the sense that um, the League of Nations set that up. And, and it was like the French weren't or the British weren't supposed to be like colonial uh, there. They were they were like caretakers until the the natives could uh, become uh, sufficiently uh, capable of self-governance. So it's, it's a really fucked up paternalistic verge. I mean, like kind of nation so building familiar. shit. Yeah, yeah, it's, we're no, doing it's, this for training wheels reasons. Yes, this not is not for any other. Yeah, yeah and it, and it, it, yes, and also training wheels uh, for like uh, like nineteen nineties and two thousands neoconservatism, right? <laughs> But so I did yeah. think that kind of that, you know, that it starts in Syria and they quote the Orient Express, that it's, it's coming from the East, that there is almost this weird figuring out of what the West's relationship to empire is. And with and, and that like our butt in some ways might even be this like throwback to this other thing um, at the same time. That might be giving more credit to like the complexity and ultimately just of the Orient and mystery where mysteries <laughs> mysteriously happen. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know, but I just I at least wanted to like throw that out as something that I thought might be influencing some of the like working out of race and ethnicity and like, you know, those those kinds of things. Oh, well, it's the train thing, right? They're on a train. They're not getting off the train. It's like I took an airplane over all these countries. Well, you didn't 
you're not so, yeah. there. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. Well, there's a like a moment that I remember reading, and I don't think I laughed out loud, but I was pretty close. Where I think it's ironically Doctor Constantine who refers to it as Constantinople. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he does that. He does a very Greek, very Greek thing there. Yeah. Like, bro, it's been seven hundred years. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, fourteen fifty-three, I think. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. It's only been six hundred. Yeah. 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 In Greek time, that's like last week. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. Well, they can't be Odysseus. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, um, I'm just trying it. You know, I'm just trying to, to have some, some intra-white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, yeah. So, I mean, I guess what I suspect ultimately is happening is that, um, it, it's it, it's largely trafficking in uh, pretty long-standing imperialist ideas about like what the East and like uh, like othering the kind of like exotic space are doing. Um, but there are specificities of the 1920s and 30s that influence some of how that's being presented. Um, and and I'm not sort you of know implying that there was conflict in the Balkans in the 20s and 30s. <laughs> Yeah, 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 right, <laughs> yeah, the, uh, yeah, yeah, no, that it, yeah, like that the train breaks down in, in you, you know, what was then Yugoslavia, which, yeah, I mean, we, like, I, okay, I mean, so many things to say about that, but that the, this great kind of conflict point between like the, you know, the Western and Eastern empires, and yeah, but yeah, it manages to be totally wasted and has an interesting effect of if you don't know about it already making you incurious about it like yeah. i was really excited I to learn about the orient express and, yeah and then i was like i don't i just i know that it's interesting but this book for some reason just like shut my brain off yeah yeah. Well, and it occasionally will drop in a historical fact just to remind you that you're in the present and that's it yeah. yeah, you know, it'll yeah. just be like, uh, he was my friend in the war, and you're like, check that war. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like he yeah. wasn't my friend in the like French and Indian War or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Katie, I do, you you noted that there's that line that like this, like uh, it would make sense this this uh, assortment of nationalities if we were in America because that's that's what it, but 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 here, but it, there it is this kind of like uh, you know, <laughs> I'd like to teach the world. <laughs> but all white people can get along yeah you know but but there is like when when america um is referenced and not to be like oh americans are so stupid and they chew too much chewing gum and you know um there is that like sense of like ah america like the great class and and uh not not race not not race but national mixing plays you know but it the united color of benetton is what we get here yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) the one color just the one it was fun though i mean it it was a i'm glad i i'm glad i read it it's uh i don't know how much more agatha christie i'll be reading but it was it was it was fun like i said i was glad i got a break from real books yeah 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 Yeah. uh it's it's really easy breezy should we do a game yes okay so get ready for this Get ready while I find it, so you'll have six or seven hours to prepare. This is going to be a little different today. So I have a mystery for you. It came out of a 1986 children's book called Two Minute Mysteries. Yeah, and I had these when I was a kid, and I thought that I couldn't solve them because I was a little dumbass. And 
That may be true. I may have been a little dumbass. In fact, I certainly was a little dumbass. But I thought we could solve one today to test this theory. And this mystery is one that is deeply relevant to you both. And the solution put forth is one of the most ridiculous things that has ever been put to paper. So with that, I'm going to read you about a paragraph long of a mystery called Dead Professor. (laughs) (gasps) No, you're going to make it come true. I'm going to, well, get ready for this. I heard a shot as I was sorting the silverware, said Mrs. Grummond, the housekeeper. When I entered the study, Professor Townsend was like that. Seated at his desk was Reginald Townsend, chairman of the English department of Overton University. (laughs) Halegian studied the position of the body, who was the detective, which had sagged against the left arm of the leather swivel chair. The bullet had entered the right temple. A thirty-eight caliber double-action 1875 Army revolver lay in Townsend's lap. On his desk was a note, apparently signed by Reginald Townsend. Halegian read, After having spoken with Dinker this morning, I have decided not to delay. I do what I must. Not even you, dearest Kay, can know the bottomless despair of being compelled to retire. Too old. To fully understand, one must have taught 35 years as I have. Ahead is nothing. Farewell. I love you. Who were Dinker and Kay? Inquired Allegian. Dinker is Paul Dinkerton, president of the university, replied the housekeeper. Kay is Mrs. Townsend. She was called out of town suddenly. She left at about 10 this morning. Who are Professor Townsend's heirs? also insane. Mrs. Grummond hesitated. (laughs) Why, it is generally believed that Mrs. Townsend and I will share equally. Even if Professor Townsend was murdered, why did Halegian reject suicide? Because who wouldn't want to be a fucking retired professor? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds dope as hell. I will never retire from being a professor. I'm going to just die up there at the front of the room yelling about the con. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Congratulations for my mother who just retired this week as professor. Oh, I love all. Oh, congrats. I love all. So the the motherfucker's got this leather swivel back chair, too, right? It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, And a revolver from 1801 or whatever. Yeah. It's something to do with the gun, right? It has to do with like the way it fell or the. Yeah. I was going to say the gun, the gun in his lap does not seem like uh, when you when you shoot yourself in the head. I I don't think the gun's going to just be neatly <laughs> laid in your lap afterwards, you know, but placed in your lap. Assume he's not um, a lefty. That would be too yeah. Encyclopedia Brown yeah. of us. Yeah. <laughs> I really just thought, yeah, because the. Of course, an English professor is going to have people making attempts on their life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's all their former graduate students. You're you're bitching about commas to too many people. Okay, I'm going to give you a I'm going to I'm going to read you the note again because that's where we want to focus our attention. And I have to say, it's ridiculous this it's so ridiculous there's it's so okay after having spoken with dinker that's right dinker this morning 
I've decided not to delay. I do what I must. Not even you, dearest Kay, can know the bottomless despair of being compelled to retire. Too old. To fully understand, one must have taught 35 years, as I have. Ahead is nothing. Farewell. I love you. Well, uh, I need a nice tort. And uh, (laughs) my little cigarettes. And I sit back and have a think. Okay, so... (laughs) What are the ethnic qualities of everyone in the story? Does the professor um, have Latin temperament? <laughs> Is he a knifey sort? Yeah. <laughs> because, With a Latin yes, I, I, I see him stab himself, but the, the gun, no. <laughs> well, that is. Yeah, yeah, that's the real mystery here, I think. I still think that if this takes place in the present, it's that no professor can retire after 35 years. Yeah, 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 I mean, that's the real Okay, you're right, but this solution, I'll just read it to you and you just, you know. We're all along for the ride, we like it. The suicide note was an obvious phony. The chairman of the English department would never have committed two grammatical sins, a redundant phrase and a split infinitive. He would have written having spoken instead of after having spoken and to understand fully instead of to fully understand. Can you imagine? Okay. uh, First of all, I, all right, here, I'm going to be an English professor. I am an English professor. The split infinitive rule is absolute bullshit. The only reason yes, it was it ever possible. invented was because in the it was because in the 18th century, some fucking hard-ons were like, well, you know, in Latin, they never split the infinitive. It's like, because in Latin, the infinitive is one fucking word. You can't put an adverb in the middle like, That's yeah, but- why. That is that is where that dumbass rule came from because they don't do it in Latin. Like, <laughs> Well, I don't and- know what I'm going to do if I can't. I got to go check this book out or um, I got to go. What are other now? Damn. I thought it was my only one. <laughs> check. Got to gotta check the book. I, I just, I just have to say to fully understand. Oh, that's the split. Infinitive. What a, okay. Got it. Yeah. Has anyone ever received an email from a, is this, is this person? Oh, it was, it was, it was prior, I guess. In, in 1986, had no one ever received a hastily penned missive from an English professor that just said, okay, or yeah. thanks, somehow yeah. spelled wrong? Yeah. Yes, yeah. I have. Thanks. Yeah. I know. It's, yeah. Anyway. Well, I've also learned from spe- sending emails to my students and putting my name that if that my my nickname can be spelled meh, M-E-H, <laughs> and that my actual name can be spelled mean if you just leave out one letter (laughs) best okay well thank you that was delightful and um i'm sorry that it might actually have been stupider than agatha christie who at least had some weapons involved (laughs) this has been better than dead you can find me on twitter at tussosaurus and tristan at tj schweiger and katie at katie crywo you can find the show on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at Better Red Pod and email us at betterredpodcast at gmail.com, but only if you were the one who did it. 
<laughs> Butler, are you a Russian princess or are you a colonial officer? Because you did, in fact, do it. I did. I split an infinitive and I'm going to word jail. Um, our intro music is left Bronstein by the Redskins and used with their permission. Our logo was created by Jane Bonsack of JB Design and Content. Please rate and review and subscribe. And next week, we have Gene Stafford's The Mountain Lion, which I'm just so excited about. And then our two-parter on Middle March on deck after that. So thanks, comrades.